0: In a world of uncertainty and despair, you've been canceled. Two heroes have reunited when they're needed the most. Doing it for the money. Live from the Pals for Life studios, it's the SM Show. Here are your hosts, Shane Ryan and Mike Bowers. And a happy Thursday to all of you. This is the SM Show. Welcome. I am Mikey, Ashane. Shane. That has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the date. How are you today, buddy? I'm hanging in there, man. I am
1: flying solo for the first time in a while. Uh, wife and daughter are out visiting uh, grandma and grandpa. So uh, it's old school. Me and Riley, the uh, the OG crew, just kind of hanging, holding it down in the basement, talking to y'all right now. Had a good day at work. So life life is pretty good. How about yourself?
0: Can't complain. This is the first week that I have been working a part time schedule while I burned through my ridiculous excess of vacation hours. And I have not felt this good in a long time. I'm That's awesome. Getting, getting to sleep in, uh, getting to go do a little workout here and there, not getting too stressed out. It's there you wonderful. Go. We should just do this all the time. It's very, what is that, Canadian of you? <laughs> you <you're>, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They go on really like six is. weeks of vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it, it's a wonderful feeling. I will I will not I will not complain about this as long as I get to do it. So and that's a not a knock to our Canadian friends. I'm just super jealous. Yeah, we love our Canadian friends. Actually, shout out to David Bowman, Bow Show. So yeah, here we are, another week, another week in the tournament, and it was a. Uh, had quite a few upsets this week. Now that I think about it, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good turnout. Some some things I thought were going
1: to happen. Some were a little closer. Some were a little not. So I mean, it's uh, it was it was definitely some interesting interesting results for sure.
0: Yeah, and uh, by the way, I want to mention uh, we are streaming live to pretty much everywhere we can tonight. Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, carrier pigeon. Yeah, tried LinkedIn. Apparently, you have to apply for that, but it's probably better that, like,
1: you know, I I keep my life, my professional life, like, somewhat (laughs) separate. Although a lot of folks over here, uh, that should be something I should cancel in the future. Is you know using LinkedIn for your as a regular social media feed?
0: Yeah, we should. uh, I I will use. Agree to cancel that now. It's bullshit. (laughs) Okay, uh, so LinkedIn (laughs) as a social media platform, you have been. You've been canceled. I love when people like link it to like their Facebook and
1: like their uh, you know and they post it and it's on all their mediums and you're like dude keep something
0: separate. Yeah, I remember to update LinkedIn like once every six months anyway. So it's my lifeblood for the work that I do. Like that's how I like find really
1: cool alumni and 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 a lot of people will check there because they're you know in your most most alumni servers are self-reported right so like i have a reason because i'm i'm engaged as an alum i do things I go to activities. so if you go to an event or you're doing some other things it's it always updates every time you register for something but a lot of those are self-reported so linkedin's great for me for my line of work because sometimes people haven't updated their their emails in forever and you get to see some great like old yahoo emails that you can tell like yeah i think you <laughs> changed that before um yeah so like using linkedin's been great but yeah no as a social media feed not not a way, not not re- highly recommended by by me or
0: other folks who are viewing it, yeah, absolutely, so uh catching up on the last week, you have been watching a show that seems pretty relevant uh to what we've been doing. you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, so it was kind of spot on it was uh i was I had my wife and I do a nice little rotation, right so we have um with our daughter, she's not sleeping great. Uh, and she still needs one of us to sleep with her. So we, we have a nice little agreement where we will you know rotate days on, days off. And with the radio show, obviously not even days. I pick up a couple extra shifts here and there just to make sure I can be available for, for radio nights. But uh, it was Steph's night the other night. And I was looking for a new show to, to watch because I kind of went through my normal gamut. And I was checking to see what was new on, uh, on Netflix. And I saw this show called This Is Pop. So I texted you immediately ab- about it. Because it seemed kind of relevant, and it goes through like really key figures, moments, uh, movements in the pop industry. So it's like a ten-part series, or about forty-five-minute uh, episodes themselves. But I'm I'm hooked. I mean, the first one was uh, about boys to men and how they got started. The whole story. Some of the stuff that Sean Stockman said with us was there. It was great, but then they jumped in some easy sides. Didn't realize how um, Michael, as um, it was, it Michael Bivens' role in the whole thing and how, like you know, how he really mm-hmm. found them. So it was just kind of cool right. how it went to like that whole story of them. So that was the first episode. Second episode featured uh, T Pain, which is you know he's a really likable guy and a great story. Um, I'll go into that a little bit more later on. Um, yeah. But I it was, see him it was really, further down the list. Yeah, further down the list I like, got uh, for a, another segment. No, I'll dip into what it really went to, but it's really cool to hear the story of T-Pain and the stuff he went through over the years and his musical journey. And then the last one was really cool and super relevant to what we're talking about, um, but it was called the Stockholm Syndrome where they uh, really explored the influence that the Swedish culture has had on pop music, but then it talks mm-hmm. about a really cool concept because they are very humble people by nature. So it's like, right. you know... So it just talks about this whole thing where they are a powerhouse when it comes to pop music. If you look at all these, like probably 65% of like the top pop 100, maybe even more, 75% of the top pop songs have had some sort of influence from somebody from Sweden uh, just producing mm-hmm. it. They're all the besi- behind the scenes folks. Right. Um, but just talking about how humble they are and how they don't want to like, you know, share that or it's not in their culture to share how successful they are. So really neat play on it and talking about like the rise of uh, Dennis Pop and Max Martin, like legends in the boy band uh 90s pop game um how they got their start so really super cool watch i'm uh i'm about uh three episodes down jumping into a new one talking about like country and it it opened up with uh old town road guy uh little nas x and how like it was was basically the opening scene was how like he was like top 100 in, in country and then they rejected him as country so i think the whole thing's talking about what's country so it's gonna be a neat one but then uh we decided to start testing out some stuff. So, great watch. Highly recommend for those who are interested in the show and the genre. To you, my friend, definitely worth a while.
0: Excellent. So, I, uh, along the lines of things on Netflix that seem to be worth watching, I came across the trailer for a show called Sexy Beasts this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, the premise is apparently it's a dating show, but instead of just... Like, you know, regular humans going out on dates, getting to know people. They are dressed up as other creatures, so you can't see the actual physical appearance of the person you're on the date with. The idea being, I guess, to get to know their personality uh, before you make decisions on whether or not you want to pursue a relationship with them. And the trailer, my God, is remarkable because you, oh, have, like, you have a shark going on a date with a panda bear uh, my my favorite one was uh I forget what the what the creatures were but they were riding in a little uh, uh horse drawn carriage through a village and they're like uh we're engaging in interspecies love and, and then, then they try just, to kiss each
1: other like with the masks and stuff on yeah yeah it's just like who who comes up with this stuff do you just like it's like the Max throw- mask singer meets the bachelorette
0: right do you just throw stuff at a dartboard and you're like okay this concept works but what if it was a dating show um yeah just remarkable so it got me thinking and i think we talked about this a little bit but what would your creature be if you were on that show peacock a peacock be a peacock let those feathers fly okay i could see that Just going around strutting and... Or like a sweet unicorn. Be majestic as AF. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. That'd be a good one. I'd probably go for a panda, but like the panda that's on the show, I'm not a fan of because like it's a panda head, but it's just like a normal size body. Like I think if you're going to have a panda, you need to have like a a big, fluffy, cuddly looking person. So more like Uh. sexual harassment panda. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but, yeah, something along those lines, like, I, I feel like I have the perfect panda bear type body. Uh, well, I think that's so, that's also a, something I want to talk about on your thoughts on the show, right?
1: So, like, the true, I get the true premise of this, like, you'll fall in love with someone's personality before what you do, but even in the trailer, like, none of them are not, like, attractive, right? Like, Yeah, the, the and, few
0: people that they showed were, like,
1: model-esque. And you can still, like, see that they're, like, slender in stature. Like, there's, like... Right. Like, it's not... Like, it's... You're still gonna make out okay in the scheme of things. Like, I want to see an average dude land, like, a supermodel. And, like, it's not gonna happen. Like, that's compelling to me. So, like, I would love right. for this this to go, like, full furry type. Like, you know, you are yeah. a mascot or, like, at, like, a Little Kids Amusement Park type uh, get Up's not this like Max <laughs> Singer where it's form-fitting and you can see kind of what's going on and, and right. it's just a head. Like I want to go all in so it's literally a like a crapshoot of what you're going to get.
0: Yeah, imagine if you opened it up and it was like real life Peter Griffin or uh, uh, Daria. <laughs> like yeah,
1: exactly. Like playing Jane me some somebody of else. Like, I want to see super normal stuff. Like, it's just, like, yes, it's compelling, and people watch that, and people watch things for that. But, like, I feel like that would be more of a story if you just, like, went, like, when it's a complete little, um literally a roulette game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, your person is not a model. Are you going to pursue the relationship that you seem so happy about? Or are you going to be a total a-hole and just walk away? Right. That's drama. Yeah, sign, Sign me up for that. Let's, uh... Produced for Pals for this. Life Radio. Yeah, we'll we'll create our own with uh, some discarded mascot suits from minor league baseball teams and see what happens. <laughs> like a Chick Fil A cow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Or, or all those uh, all those random mascots that have been thrown away because they because uh, the major Chucky league team got rid of them. Yeah, there the Chuck E. Cheese out. Yeah, a whole bunch of Chuck E. Cheeses, <laughs> Jeff- I like it. Jeff- Jeffrey from Toys R Us, like all the, like the. Oh the, the- yeah, <laughs> there you go. I like it. So uh, so let's dive into the uh, the big topic of the week, which is uh, the same as it is every week: the best boy band song tournament. As always, uh, we have results. Round two started last week. We did Boston and we did uh, Orlando. And tonight, we're going to do London and Gary, round two. As for the results, like we talked about, quite a few upsets here. Uh, The closest... Well, we'll come back to that, actually. We're going to start with the Boston region. Uh, Step-by-step, with 77% of the vote. uh, Won pretty easily over the Beatles with Hard Day's Night. Everybody, uh, Backstreet Boys, also 77% of the vote over One Sweet Day by Boys to Men. And Mariah Carey. So it seems the prospect of the all boys to men. Final four is officially done. So canceled canceled. Yeah, it has been canceled. So you've been canceled, but a nice run. Nonetheless, also when the lights go out by five and remember our part two of our interview with Richie Neville from five is going to be later tonight. Also, 77% of the vote, beating Jonas Brothers Sucker pretty handily. They'll be moving on to the round of 16. And then rounding out the Boston region, I'll be there by the Jackson 5 with 81% of the vote over Ooh, It's Kind of Crazy by Soul Decision. Sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. Sorry, Dave. We let you down again. But at least you made it to the round of 32. Please come back and talk with us again. It was fun. And we'll do a best Canadian boy band song tournament just to uh, just to make things a little easier next time. (laughs) All right. Going up to the uh, Orlando region. I want it that way in a squeaker. 61.5% of the vote over tearing up my heart. You know, funny story, actually. Uh, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Uh, I actually sang I want it that way for a girl I was dating in high school when it came out. And how'd that go? Uh, She dumped me. (laughs) Is that like a common theme? That's a good question, is it? I mean, there was that whole sixth grade dance debacle I talked about before. Right. There was, yeah, the, the girl in high school that broke up with me after the email I sent her that said, I thought her best friend was trying to break us up. There was the other girl in high school that broke up after I joked about proposing to her. There was the girl in band in high school that dumped me and then wanted to get back together and then changed her mind again. There was the girl in the play that hit it off with really well. And then her friends made fun of her. So she dumped me and then proceeded to hate me. Uh, the girl in college that I sent the check. Yes or no. Note two is a joke, and she had never heard of that song, so that got awkward. Uh, the fling in uh grad school that ended with uh, MySpace post, yeah, I'd, I'd say it pretty much all ends that way. Thank you for uh, thank you for bringing that up. That was
1: so, so you know, the secret <laughs> is Howard the Duck, like that is that is like the secret sauce,
0: yeah, it is. And I, I have to say, um, you know, even even joking about all, all those uh missteps along the way. <laughs> Uh, being where I'm at now uh being with Amanda I'd say it's the equivalent of and I'm not saying this because I know she's listening um I say it's the Hi, equivalent Amanda. of <laughs> 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 it's it's the equivalent of uh a lifetime 100 hitter uh in baseball with their only career hit being a walk-off grand slam in the World Series there you go like didn't have much success but uh winning it it w- was yeah when you did have success it was great it was wonderful and it was the most amazing experience ever so here we are 13 years of happiness two years of wedded bliss i'm okay with that there you go you ended up on top my friend yes king of the world king of the world you're like a canadian
1: uh, boy band who has one big one hit <laughs> <laughs>
0: There you go, and I I will. You are the sole
1: decision of the dating world.
0: Yes, I am. I am ride or die with that one hit. So uh, I love you so much, uh, wonderful wife of mine. So anyway, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, with that detour, uh, end of the road. Boys to men, sixty-five percent of the vote over the right stuff, so they are advancing on. Uh, Also advancing from boys to men, Motown Philly over "I'm a Believer" by the Monkees. They will be facing in the last or in the next round. Bye, bye, bye by NSYNC. Uh, Sorry, 98 degrees. Uh, We don't cherish you, apparently. Looks like it's bye, bye, bye for now. Joe Biden is the clone. Shout out to Patrick. (laughs) So uh, what do you think? It's uh, some interesting results there. Yeah, I mean, I,
1: th- I think some were closer than I thought they were going to be, but, like, I don't know, it's, it, that, the, the, I want it that way matchup. like, that was going to be one of the ones that I marked on, like, that's going to be a tough matchup all- along your road to, to possibly going wire to wire number one, so, first, first big hurdle climbed, right, for that song, but. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I mean, I think I thought it was going to go the way it's come. I think we finally realized, you know, people are saying like what they consider is a boy band and what they don't and don't like some of the matchups, but they had to vote for some of the new age boy bands. So it, it and some of the older stuff don't really count. So it looks like we are starting to narrow down our voters definition of what boy bands are when it's the, yeah. the traditional ones that we think about in the, you know, the nineties, early two thousands that we grew up listening to. And then right. the the ones that are like with you know boys to men is that like that last outlier right new edition those mm-hmm. those bands so it's anything outside those those eras are are starting to fall off so um, kind of expected that's what it was going to be but it's you know now it's nice to see it confirmed and and it's gonna be some real interesting matchups It'll only get harder from here to pick pick what your favorites are
0: yeah and I mean the the final four in the Orlando region oh my God. I want it that way versus end of the road. That's going to be a juggernaut matchup. Yep. Uh, As is Motown Philly versus bye, bye, bye. Oh, Um, yeah. And even and oh, my God, uh, looking at looking at Boston, the the final matchups step by step versus everybody. That's going to be a that's going to be a tough one yeah it's gonna and be then it's when gonna the be lights fun. go out versus i'll be there that's gonna be that's gonna be fun too yeah which the, i gotta say that sw- might
1: be my shocker of the tournament right now is how well that song's doing i love when the lights go out but it's just nice to see yeah. how resoundingly that one won
0: you know what i think part of it is when i uh when i put out the interview with richie from last week when i posted the pod looked like some uh some five fans picked up on it and started retweeting it nice so then uh, then of course when uh when we were doing the final push to get votes in for the tournament, I was like, "Hey, uh, same people that retweeted, go make sure to go vote on whatever you want." And obviously, I would hope they would support that. So yeah, good stuff. We're catching on one hey, uh, one well, hey, band it's at about, a time.
1: It's about time, right? It's about time.
0: Yeah, yeah. We've been we've been at this for a whole three months, doing the grind, and here we are so with that shall we dive into the other half of the bracket
1: we got a lot to talk about so we might as well
0: yeah by the way um apologies to our friend josh Cress, uh who helped facilitate uh with his wonderful wife heidi getting us on uh, tv a while back he says yeah, i lost two final four teams in the first round so this is just mm. like march madness mm. exactly exactly And there we are. That rounds out the London region with our candy girl, please don't go girl matchup. Welcome to those of you who just tuned in on Instagram to the s and show, your best place for all the all things millennial and well, as well as the uh, home of our very boy band summer greatest boy band song tournament.
1: Please enjoy as long as you're not in uh, Iran, Syria.
0: Cuba. And North Korea. And North Korea. <laughs> yes. Forgot we the <laughs> uh, our, our video has officially been blocked in those four countries. I suspect it'll be blocked in the rest once the uh, on-demand goes up. But, you know, the other funny thing is on Instagram, it's like, because it's Instagram, it's like a little bit of my screen, a little bit of your screen, a little bit of the uh, control screen. So you right. really can't see anything. You're really just listening to it, but... Uh, we appreciate the dedication of those who are willing to do it, and we will continue to tinker with things until we figure it out in the future. But first, we just wanted to make sure it worked. And if you're just tuning in, you are here at the absolute best time, because it's time for my favorite part of the week, as well as yours. Is that time
2: for Shane and Mike to cancel things that they don't like. Cancel Corner.
0: Cancel Corner, where we take aim at the supposed cancel culture going on in our society by canceling even more things. And today's episode of Cancel Corner is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. Never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. And best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code Omeo5. That's O-M-I-O-5 at checkout. It's valid until July 31st for new users on all modes of transport. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omeo. Plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. Still got sponsors. Just not in just Iran, not in Syria, Syria, not North
1: Korea, and Cuba. In... Oh, I just hope those aren't target markets because we will lose those
0: sponsorships real quick. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, who do you got this week? All right. So, it's uh, everybody's
1: favorite part of the year. It happens two times a year, right? It's the first day of school pictures and the last day of school pictures. So, I was super heated as my timeline was going through and I was getting fed up with the, the, this is my last day of school picture with like kids, right? And it's just like, oh, like I'm all about kids and how cute they are. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. First day of school pictures, last day of school pictures, tis the season, right? And then my wife sent me. Our daughter's picture of that. Who uh, I love my wife. She's very much into the, like the Instagram things and the 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 Facebook, making sure that it's like uh, you know you got all those trends going on that all moms do. She crushes mm-hmm. it in that department. And then I saw my daughter, and I looked at my daughter, and I'm so ready to cancel that whole entire like premise of what people do because it's super annoying and super crazy. And then I saw how much my daughter actually grew. And so my wife put her in the same dress, and she looked like this little baby face, three-year-old. three, three year old. Well, at the time, she would have been, yeah. She was a three-year-old at the time. Um, cankles, you know, the whole nine yards, this, this, this dress down to, like, just touching her ankles as it is. And super right. cute. And then all of a sudden, my wife sends me the picture of the after, and it's, like, up just below her knees now. She looks slender. Oh, she looks, like, literally like she aged more than a year. Um, so instead of canceling those photos, I'm canceling growing this week because <laughs> my daughter's got to stop. I mean, she was super cute. She still is super cute, but it is reminding me how fast time goes, and that shit has to stop.
0: So I'm canceling growing this week. You've been canceled. That was the hardest thing about growing up was just the the rate at which I grew. Like, would it
1: make it better if I if I sung it to you in a uh,
0: sleeveless tee, glistening? Because th- th- that would be the hardest <laughs> thing. Oh, hardest thing! Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, that would make me feel a lot better, actually. Um, yeah, the growing is overrated, especially when you stop growing when you're 12.
1: Right, uh, but, but if you I do it correct. if you do it like super rapidly, then it's like it's crazy, and you're just fly, firing
0: through clothes, and then it's got to be like super like interesting when you hit that plateau, right? Did I ever tell you the story about uh, buying the pump? sneakers when i was a kid no so you know those uh those old pumps yeah like, loved them
1: did you yeah. have the la gear so, ones the Reeboks?
0: Reebok? reebok okay. uh particularly kenny and i were interested in the shaquille o'neal uh pumps yeah of and course I think they were like a 129 dollars so we got them for christmas or something with right. some christmas money and then you know mom and dad making up the difference so we we each got a pair. Kenny got like a ten, and I got a think like a size eight. And keep in mind, I was eight years old at the time. So wore the shoes for a bit, liked them, and then fast forward to the next summer, we're at the beach, and I keep wearing Kenny's shoes. And my mom at this point is just annoyed. She's like, "You have your own shoes. Why do you keep wearing Kenny's?" I'm like, "They don't fit." And mom was just incredulous. She was like, that's, "There's no way that's possible." You just got these shoes less than six months ago. There's no way that they don't fit now. Like, I'm I'm serious. They don't. She said, all right, here's the deal. We're going to go to Kmart, and we're going to get you fitted there. And if you are lying, then you're going to be in so much trouble. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Went there, ten and a half. Went from a size eight to a size ten and a half. Jeez and suddenly those 130 dollars sneakers that she bought less than 6 months ago were completely useless. Uh so some fortunate uh so some fortunate child got it as uh as a donation. So enjoy them cuz I sure didn't get to. You know, pump shoes were the best. We got to we got to yeah. do a segment on the pump shoes cuz I just I
1: I need to do a deep dive on who who came up with this idea like that's something we got to file away for later times cuz I, I want to talk to somebody who either created them, had an influence on them, the cultural impact, but those things were amazing.
0: Yeah, I think as we become uh all things millennial, I think that'll be that'll be good. Cuz what was the point? Like I I assumed it was you get pumps, you pump them up, suddenly you can play basketball and jump higher. Obviously that's not the case, but I think It
1: was I think the the gist of it was like form fitting, it'll be tight like not all shoes f- shoes feel um feel perfect, but this one you get like the perfect fit, like the fit like a glove. Or it's just cool yeah. as hell when you have to like when you're about to go run, you just go tsh, 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 you know, let it out like it just eh. fitting Fit with basketball, pumping basketball, letting the air out.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: I, I don't know. It was awesome. <laughs> I Anyhow. bought in. We all bought in. I mean that was that was a fad of the generation.
0: Yeah, definitely. So yeah, there's that. Uh, let's see. For me, this week, first thing I've got uh, up for cancellation is four-way stop sign intersections. They are the most incredibly awkward and infuriating pl- places to drive. Yep. So you know you know what I'm talking about. Uh, four way four way stop sign, and the concept should be very simple. The first car there is the first car to go. So if you're the th- if you're the third car there you know that there's two other cars that should be going before you. But instead, it always turns into four cars at the intersection. Nobody knows who to go. So then either one of two things happen. Either everybody tries to go at the same time and they get mad at everybody else. Or nobody goes. They sit there awkwardly for a little bit. Then they start to inch forward and then stop. And then everybody gets mad again. So it just serves no purpose. I think... If you're gonna have an intersection, either put a stoplight there, even if it's like it changes every 15 seconds, put a stoplight there, or in some cases, let's just get rid of the stop signs altogether and just see let, what happens. Let Darwinism take over. Exactly. Will <laughs> it be more efficient? Absolutely not. But I'll be entertained. Whatever. I'm canceled.
1: <laughs> I've never understood the need for a four-way stop. Like, I get the two-way stops. Like, that that makes it, like, it's, you know, that traffic goes, it flows, and then, like, you, just the other two decide, but I don't know. It's, right. It is it is dumb. My favorite is the person, though, who, like, acts like they stopped, right? They're right behind that car that went, and they act like they got there, there before you, and they just kind of coast through it but never fully stop, and then they just keep going and act like they can. Like, I just hate, like, traffic stuff in general when people think that their time is more value than everybody else's. Cause we all want to get somewhere and get somewhere fast. Like your time is not more important than mine.
0: Right. It goes back to that, that whole thing I talked about a couple weeks ago with carpool lanes. Obviously we're all going somewhere because we're in an effing car. So figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Faux show. We have a, we have a disagreement in the chat. Erica says they should absolutely not be canceled. That's your opinion, man. So you can have your you can have your four way stop signs and I'll have chaos. That's fine by me. And <laughs> noted. Well, yeah, what do you have?
1: <laughs> All right. Next one I got, and I didn't think I needed to cancel this, but like recent articles that I've been perusing lately made me realize that you know people need to know awareness. I'm canceling this week seafood at fast food chains. I don't understand why people think that that's, like, legit seafood or, like, worthy of eating. Like, the fact that it could be on a value meal means it's not that great seafood, nor m- it might not actually be seafood. After this study showed that this guy took a Subway sandwich and flew it across the country to get it analyzed in a lab in L.A. To find <laughs> out that there was very limited amounts of, of fish, if any at all, in Subway's yeah. tuna fish. So, like, the fact that someone actually had to do that to realize, like, I get that we needed proof, but, like, the fact that anyone thought that that was really tuna fish or quality fish for a $5 foot long... I'm sorry that just that, that doesn't that doesn't equate and so like I don't know how long John Silvers has ever stayed in business. I don't understand how and I think the other one I saw was that a quiznos I didn't know Quiznos was still around, but they're apparently offering a lobster roll now like a quiznos nope. lobster roll cannot nope. be a delicacy that someone is seeking after or should be willing to pay for. so with that being said, this is my public service announcement. Hey, it's probably not real seafood or not quality food, and you might get sick if you eat it. So I'm canceling seafood at fast food restaurants. You've been
0: canceled. Yeah, you might be able to trick yourself into thinking it's good once or twice, but don't expect the highest quality ingredients if you're paying $4.99 for it.
1: I mean, maybe like a fish fillet sandwich like I get, but like it I don't know I, I mean seafood's weird and it, and it's funny because I got everyone's got their own view on seafood, right like my wife, I'm outing her, and I apologize for this, but she has a rule where she's like, I will not eat seafood unless I can like see the water or see water by it, but then like she'll order like a mahi mahi in like New Jersey, right <laughs> it's like. Eh.
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: not exactly the native fish of New Jersey, right? So it's like <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're doing there, and I like it, but like, eh, <laughs> it could be somewhere else. So I don't know. Seafood is particular, and and it's there, and I I get at least that. You know, you're by the water, it feels right, and it might be good, but it doesn't always mean right. it's caught locally fresh. And if it's a fast food restaurant, it's definitely not caught locally fresh. Or maybe it is, exactly. and that's why it's so cheap.
0: Yeah, that, the the uh, the ever, ever hard to catch Jersey fish. Um, yeah. OK, so last one I got uh, is also on the topic of fast food, and that would be I'm canceling Wendy's this week as much as it pains me. So Wendy's is typically good. Their Frosties are, you know, they're they're worthwhile. But I think we're in an interesting time right now during the fast food wars where everybody's trying to out-innovate everyone else. They're copying each other, i.e. chicken sandwich. Uh, they're trying to come up with these absurd new ideas. And they're also developing partnerships. So take McDonald's, for example. They had the BTS meal, which was like chicken nuggets in a special sauce. So Wendy's... And by the way, thank you to Will Wells, longtime friend of the show, for bringing this to my attention as it ties into a rant he made several weeks ago as well. But Wendy's has partnered up, uh, with, uh, the cartoon Rick and Morty. And uh, one of the things that they're doing in addition to like a pop-up restaurant in Los Angeles, some other, uh, some theme drinks and that sort of thing is they are doing a pickle flavored frosty. <laughs> now I have good memories with the frosty. They they've uh, been the spark of some relationships. They've been a great go to when I've gotten in trouble uh, at other places. They're they're a wonderful thing. But pickles was not what was missing from this. I did not know that uh, Wendy's was so desperate to market to the third trimester pregnancy demographic, because those are the only people (laughs) I can think of that would willingly go and get a pickle-flavored Frosty. You want to be a better benefit to pregnant women? Here's an idea. 24-hour delivery or efficient delivery. Get out of here with this pickle-flavored Frosty stuff. If I wanted pickles, I would eat a pickle. If I wanted a Frosty, I would eat a Frosty. I don't want both of them together, and I would assume most other people don't as well. So, Wendy's, you should be ashamed of yourself. Shame on you. You've been cancelled. You've been cancelled. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Good. Yeah, it's in Los Angeles. I have a couple friends there. I think I might ask them to check it out. I mean, I've uh, never wanted to have a fried I did at first I didn't realize I loved fried pickles, so you know, you never know, right? Yeah, exactly. So but I, I feel confident I would not like the pickle flavored frosty.
1: Yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty set in that camp, but we'll yeah. see. I, I, I hope yeah. I, I hope I am wrong.
0: <laughs> we'll see. So with that, since we're halfway through the tournament, it's time to get to part two of our interview with Richie from five. Uh, if you listen last week we were talking about the origins of the group talking about how they turned down uh, the rights to buy bye bye. bye. How Simon wanted to get the rights to uh, uh, Baby Hit Me One More Time, but instead it went to a relatively unknown at the time, Britney Spears. So this week we're going to go to the second half where it, it picks up right around the time that the band breaks up. So Richie's going to talk about some of the factors that went into that, as well as what led to the band getting back together, as well as what he's been up to most recently. And you'll also hear Shane's lesson about uh, how we shouldn't do all our research on Wikipedia. So, uh, common mistake though. So with that, we're going to get to the Richie interview and we'll be back. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I'd rather take chicken pucks at this point, but yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right. So 2001, um, you're working on your, uh, next album, uh, getting ready to potentially tour again. And then what at least for some folks kind of felt like just kind of out of nowhere, you guys said, Hey, we're, we're, we're done for now. Um, we're taking a break. Um, you've, you talked about some of the, the exhaustion and some of the, what I presume were factors that went into that, but how did those discussions play out where you decided, you know what? I think, I think we're done.
2: Well, you know, it's no secret. Uh, it started, when we started to promote the third album, which I personally, as as you know, as an artist, do believe it was our best album. Um, I, I loved that album, uh, still do. But we were starting to do. We were at a photo shoot, and I was paired with Sean, uh, with a journalist, and we sat down and. He said, You know, the journalist said, Oh, how are you doing, guys? And, you know, he said, Yeah, yeah, really good. And Sean just kept his head down and he was just like, Oh, yeah, so good. So, so, so good. So, so." and I was thinking, All right, (laughs) you know, like what's got, what's gotten into him? And he just stood up and I thought, Hey, you know, maybe he's gone to the bathroom, whatever. And uh, and he never came back. And I, I finished the interview and sort of said to the tour manager, where's Sean? He said, oh, he's in the van. He, he came and he just sort of started to cry a little bit. And uh, yeah, he's going to go home. He's going to chill out. Okay, weird, but all right, you know, hope he's okay. And uh, the management asked us that Sean had respect asked us to respect his sort of, that he needed some space, not to call him, just, just let him have some space. So we did. Um, and so, yeah, we we, we we carried on sort of promoting. I'm a big believer in signs anyway. So that was sign number one for me personally. <laughs> then we flew over to, I think it was Belgium, and we were doing a, a, a TV show there, a bit of a performance, and there were some platforms on the, like, levels on the stage. And in the rehearsal, somehow it was almost like I was invisible And I jumped up onto this platform and Jay was messing around and he went to do like a a, a sort of roll onto the thing, but it was almost like he he hadn't seen me. And he just, all his weight sort of rolled right on my leg and I did a 360 really bad sprain. I thought I'd broken it. Um, So I couldn't do any dancing or anything like it was bad. There was sign number two. Um, And then another week later and then Scott came in and we knew that we were going to go to number one in the UK as well with this song. Like we, we already kind of knew it was, it was, I think it was midweek. You get your midweek figures and we were smashing it, we, you know, it was like, okay, cool. And, uh, and then Scott came in and I don't know, he, he just, I think he'd had a baby. I think possibly he'd had uh, his eldest then and he just uh, he just broke down he just broke down and you know when somebody's that you know when somebody breaks down that much that 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 hard that they can't speak because they're Mm -hmm. and they're trying to speak between the breathing and um, and Jay and I sat sort of next to him and we just put our arms around him and I just remember looking at Jay and I was like I think it's done man like it's it's just not you know people are people are getting unwell and seriously unhappy and In hindsight, we probably should have taken a few months off, you know, but there was something, because it had been such a big part of our life, uh, and it's an amazing part of our life, such an amazing journey, but also a very hard part of our life. There was such a a mixed bag of things in, in in the pot of how it was that i think we all just craved liberation a little bit from it just sort of this just sort of a freedom like feeling of just we just wanted to be free we were young as well we'd we'd you know in hindsight as i've got you know a bit older and stuff you know i realized that at that time in most people's lives they're just hanging out being pork chops you know like having fun and doing silly stuff and we did silly stuff along the way, but it was very serious and there was a lot a lot of pressure um, and and stuff like that. And I think we all just kind of wanted to be pushed you know, and um, mess around and, and, yeah, just just have that freedom. So there was an element of that. Um, and, yeah, so so they said, look, have two weeks. And if you still feel the same, then, then we can't make you you know, do it, and yeah, you know, the consensus was that uh, everyone felt that it was beneficial for them as individuals and myself to to sort of cut the cut the cord. So we did. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't an easy decision, but it felt right. It felt like the right thing to do at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. No yeah. worries. Um,
1: so in so in two thousand four, you per, I believe you personally transitioned into another line of work, and if I if it serves me, if research serves me correct, you became a sommelier in in Australia. Is that a true? That is
2: actually, how, can you talk a bit about that. <laughs> so I don't know why you know the way Wikipedia is written by people and then facts checked. Well, somehow, I, so I'm not a sommelier, right? However, I do know quite a bit or a little bit about Australian wine, especially okay. but wine, great varieties and how they how they taste. Um, yeah, uh, it was just you know I I moved to Australia, and again that was because uh, a big factor in that was because I've you know my fame wasn't going away in the UK, uh, and I just felt sort of spiritually. I, I needed to just get away from, from here for a while um, and sort of re- reconnect with the person I was before the band. And, and I couldn't because I was constantly reminded of it every single day. You know, oh, there's Rich from Five. there's Rich from Fod. Ah, 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 like, I, I just need to be myself. Um, you know, at one point I was going to go to the Shaolin temple and learn Kung Fu. That was one of my crazy ideas for like a year or something. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, so I ended up going to Australia and yeah, I, I don't know. I just fell into it really. And, um, ended up opening a bar restaurant over there and, uh, and just learned about wines and stuff and, um, you know, yeah, it was fun. It was nice. It was, it was, it was good. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that really. But I'm not a sommelier. <laughs> well,
0: thanks for setting the record straight. Oh, no, Wikipedia strikes again.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so, excuse me. Everybody kind of did their own thing for a while, and then uh, you all got the got the urge to to reunite. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like the the first attempt didn't didn't go so well. Um, it ended pretty pretty quickly. Um, how are things different between when you first started as a group versus, you know, at that point, several years later, when you're looking to reunite, what was different?
2: Um, what was different? I think that the first time we got together that never happened we weren't doing it entirely for the right reasons. Um, it was less of a burning desire, we have to do this, and more of a, you know, families and things like that. They go, well, you know, you're you you know, you're part of a really successful band. You could, you know, and why don't you, and it was almost like, a, well, we, we probably should, rather than a, let's, you know, do this. And I don't think you can, you can approach anything as all consuming with that attitude. You've got to be all in. Um, So, yeah, you know, and, and also there were some dynamics interpersonally within the band that weren't the healthiest and they resurfaced very quickly um which I know for me was sort of a red flag and alarm bells I was like I'm not doing this again I'm just not doing this again so before it became a thing and before we you know I was further in for me it was like oh and again do you know what's really weird I talk about signs you know I'm not some absolute crazy new age like you know but I'm open Mm -hmm. and it was bugging me. Something was bugging me. It was like something was on my back. Whereas we were doing, I when I was living out in the countryside and um, with uh, with a girlfriend, and, and I had a dog. I said, "I'm going to go missing for a while. I'm going to get lost in the in the forests and fields. Uh, walk the dog. Don't know when I'll be back." <laughs> kind of thing. And I went walking and I was thinking and thinking, Ah, oh, I don't know about this, don't know about this. And I was just thinking about the band, thinking about the band. And then as I came home and I got back to the streets and I walked around a corner and there was an old classic car and the number plate was literally something along the lines of B-55-E-N-D. While it was on my mind, you know, and I was thinking, and I was like 55 no, sorry, fit 552 END. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's so bizarre. Like, you know, so I thought, well, you know, I'm thinking about it. And as I'm thinking about it, I get a sign like that. Maybe it isn't what I should be doing right now. It's not right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that wasn't just me. It was a bit of a collective decision. Uh, yeah, so that just kind of never happened. We sort of, Played at it and then didn't bother.
0: Yeah, and then what happened? What what made things different when you all reunited more recently?
2: Uh, sorry, just one second. I, I, I'm getting really hot. I need to open the
0: window. No problem.
2: Yeah. Um, okay. So so what happened recent? Well, more recently, we. Oh, well, I was in Australia at the time, and. There was talk. And to be honest, I I did have massive resistance at this point to anything. I just went, ah, oh, you know, it's kind of a similar thing to the last time. I don't know whether I can be doing with it. I've got my life the other side of the planet. Um, yeah, look, you know, I'm not really sure. I, I really didn't think much of it. I really didn't. Uh, in, the, in that I just didn't think it would get off the ground. But I was part of the conversations, you know, and um, – and it was, you know, one of the main networks over here, television networks wanted to do it. So, you know, okay, cool. That'll be cool. Uh, and then it, it, it actually did get to the point where it was like, okay, they're going to fly over. And the whole point was that we, we we came over to play one show. And it was there was a bit of jeopardy. It was like, can they pull it out of the bag after 10 years not performing? in two weeks and play a show, which we did, went really well. Then there was a tour on top of that. And um, and then I still I always planned to go home, or to go back to Australia. And I mean, long story short, after a while, like, you know, it was like, well, there's another tour and there's another tour and then there's something else. And by this time we were... I, it was like a, it was like an old friend and it, I hadn't been on stage in 10 years and I, I've never had stage fright like that show, that first show. I never, I've never, I mean, I was performing as a kid all the time, but I, I genuinely wanted to run like my head. I was like, how can I get out of this? I got to run. And I couldn't. And then I went out and it very quickly became like, Oh, an old friend or something. It was like, I remember this. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I just thought, yeah, like you know, what a what a cool and lovely way to spend your time, uh, bringing joy to the people that enjoy it, um, you know, uh, and you know, doing what you love. I, I'd forgotten how much I loved it because I was running away from myself so much, uh, and because because it had become uh it, it there, there had been some pa- emotional pain attached to it that all, almost uh that i'd had to process it was almost like just being reborn again and like oh yeah i love this you know i love doing this and uh, and i even embrace you know i said like i was into like the grunge scene and what people would deem as cooler stuff so i there was a little chip on my shoulder at times as well after the band where I was a little bit apologetic down the pub to like builders and stuff. Oh, you're that guy from like five and like, yeah, yeah, I'm from the like pop band, whatever. Um, Whereas, you know, I really went, hang on a minute. This is really cool. Like, you know, this is, Uh this is cool. It makes people happy. And yeah, so we, I've just fallen completely in love with it now and accepted everything that I guess kind of that, that I guess it's immature, isn't it? It's like, I'm too cool for that, you know, whatever to, Hey, this is really cool. And just embraced what, what my life is. And, you know, and also had a daughter in the process. Oh, very cool. Yeah.
0: So before, uh, before Shane wraps us up here, um, as we hopefully, uh, get on the other side of this pandemic and things at some point, will go back to normal. Um, what's what's in the future for five?
2: More of the same. Um, you know, we've got some fantastic tours lined up. We've got you know gigs on our own. We've got gigs, multi-lineup gigs that are fun as well. Like you know, um, and yeah, the, the 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 train just keeps on a running. So you know, it's exciting. Um, it's it's wonderful, and it's just an absolute privilege. Not just that, but we get to travel around the world as well. It's a pretty cool job. Very cool. Anything personally you're doing that you want to promote or, or share? Um, nothing particularly, you know, pressing at the moment. I've been during lockdown. I've been getting into producing myself uh, and that kind of thing. So watch this space. But um, but yeah, nothing nothing particularly at the moment. Just we're we're actually opening up certainly in the UK. Uh, I think you guys have gone great guns with the vaccine, right? And and things uh-huh. are opening up again, as we have too. So um, yeah, I think we're. What are we? Well, if all goes to plan, with three weeks from to completely back to normal, like no restrictions whatsoever. Uh-huh. Uh, they're talking about maybe they'll postpone it two, three weeks, which is just, I can't wait, you know, I mean, it's been such a crazy year, you know, when you don't realize how much you, what a social animal the human being is, you know, you need your friends and family, don't you, you know, and you need, okay. you know, so it's, yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to a summer being free and, um, and hugging people. I'm going to hug a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a hugger too i miss that i do miss yeah that.
1: so i guess the last question we we've kind of pivoted on this one a few times we've asked a few folks and it, it hasn't gone as well as we hope so we've always been asking like what are uh the top four your top four favorite songs but i think i might pivot it and if you want to do that and you have those those four ready to go let us know but if oh. not what are what are your most influential songs i guess is a better way to ask oh, that so it doesn't of the band or just your personal songs. And what were your, it seems like you have as a, uh, it seems like you have an appreciation for various different types of music. What yeah. would you say have been some of the most influential songs uh, in your life?
2: Okay. Uh, I certainly can say influential artists. Um, so this, my, my dad, my mom and dad divorced when I was two oh. and my dad lived, I grew up in a city called Birmingham, not Alabama. And um, and my dad was in London, so it was you know a few hours drive. He'd come and get me, and uh, he he did a reverse psychology trick on me because he's smart. And he said, he left a, a cassette tape, and he was, and I said, oh, what's that? And he said, oh, you won't like that. So I was like, I will, I will. What do you mean? He said, oh, we will put it on then, and it <laughs> it was Neil Diamond. He's a massive Neil Diamond fan, amongst many other things. So yeah, a lot of Neil Diamond stuff um, was I was kind of weaned on. So you know that you know, and I, I mean he's one of the most successful songwriters of all time. Um, you know, so he's written for other. He wrote for the Monkees and, and all sorts, didn't he? So um, then there was uh, for me a song that I remember changing kind of everything. I was not the same person after listening to it. Was I was about eleven or twelve. And I was on a school trip on a coach and somebody played me this new band and the song was called Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I put them in and I just remember just what I just remember pulling it out and going, play it again. <laughs> I've got to hear it again. Like, you know, um, and yeah, that just sort of took me down that whole grunge thing. I saw sort of Prodigy. Um, G, uh, in I ran away to the Glastonbury Music Festival when I was 15. Um, we didn't tell, my friend and I, we didn't tell our parents and just did one and got a ticket and, you know, stuff that I won't tell my daughter about. So she can't <laughs> see, <you> can't <laughs> see this, this interview. But um, yeah, and, and they were playing, they were headlining and it was just amazing, mind-blowing. Um, and then you need one more. Uh, I can't... Uh, I mean let's go queen bohemian rhapsody because it's such a a sort of amazing work of art i mean that's you can understand why the record label was like i don't get it we can't release it it's just too confusing but they stuck to their guns and uh and look at it now so yeah and that's just today how i feel today there'd be many others on
0: another day
1: Happens to us no. all
0: the time
2: as well.
1: So we totally, totally get it, but appreciate you sharing
0: those four. No worries, Yeah, no worries. absolutely. So Richie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate it. Um, and you know, best of luck as you start to embark on, uh, your summer of hugs and, uh, hopefully, uh, touring again. So thanks again for doing this. Guys,
2: it's a pleasure and thank you so much for your time. And likewise, I hope, uh, I hope you know everything works great in America with 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 COVID and everybody gets back to hugging and stuff like that. And you guys have been amazing. And also to all of you American guys that have, um, you know, listened and everything. It's been a tough year. You know, the world's coming back and it's it's going to be great. So, um, you know, keep your chins up.
0: Yeah, we will. We will do our best. Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, Reggie. Take <laughs> care. Take cool. care. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 And here we are at the end of round two. That was Mbot by Hansen, preceded by Summer Girls by LFO, aka the best boy band song ever made. Not trying to feel good matchup.
1: Feel good matchup of the tournament. Like I mean it has to be. Like both those songs put you in like the best mood no matter what for different reasons. Yeah. And it just sucks they're facing like in the second round.
0: Yeah, like I said, this is a perfect embodiment of the boy band song tournament. So make sure to go vote veryboybandsummer.com right now. We'll be taking votes all the way through next Thursday. So again, we are at the end of our journey uh which means it can only be time for one thing. It's time. For the douchebag of the week. The douchebag of the week where we pay tribute to the douchiest of the douches. Shane, who you got?
1: Alright, so I alluded to this one earlier. So I've been all about the This Is Pop documentary on Netflix. And seriously, if you've not checked it out, check it out. We're not sponsored by them. Netflix, if you want to sponsor us, by all means let us let it ride. But it's, it's really good. It's really well done. But episode two focuses on T-Pain. I love me some T-Pain. I've always appreciated T-Pain. Um... My main man is has been disrespected for his contributions to the music community. And th- this episode really dives into that. But the one thing that took to that is that he was friends with Usher. And he talks about this story and it just came out. So this is a throwback douchebag of the week. But it just came out this week after the the Netflix documentary came out. Where I guess they were on a plane. And they, the stewardess or flight attendant came over to, to T-Pain, told him, hey, Usher wants to come and chat with you. And they've known each other. They interacted. And they, they had a good moment. They bonded. And then I guess at the end of the conversation, Usher said to T-Pain, he ruined music. No. No. T-Pain took this personally, and, and he says in this documentary that it literally set him in a, like, depression for four years because of this. No. And and the, the episode is really fantastic because it really highlights, like, how he could really feel that way because people really did not respect autotune. tune it, it, it came before T-Pain, but he was the first one to make it popular. I mean, Cher was the first one to actually do it. Mm-hmm. But T Pain brought it to mainstream, and then T Pain had a bunch of different songs. And like I think all of us said this, and he even says in the documentary, like everyone's like, "What you're doing is awesome." Mm-hmm. But as soon people were going to get annoyed with it, and I think he yeah. understood that too. But then all of a sudden he went from having these top hundred, uh, top ten hits to then being featured and asked to do the hook for every major top 10 hit rap song right? for like a whole like two years. yeah. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, what do you do? And like, you can't tell somebody they ruined the industry and then they became the out for the industry because no one wanted to adopt what he wanted to do or say it was cool. But then they all knew how awesome he was and they wanted to like latch onto that. And then, so it goes full circle later on down the road for this whole story where he finally does this one like NPR show where he sings like genuinely and how he sings without tune, and people are like, oh my God, this guy's actually a decent artist. Yeah. And so it it comes full circle and all, but my douchebag of the week is the guy is sensitive. He's amazing. You fall in love with him in this documentary. I Mm -hmm. appreciate his music and what he did. He was a, a pioneer and then like... Everyone said it sucked until Kanye did it, like everything else ever happens, and then Kanye did it, people were cool with it, and then it sucked again. Right. So um, I just feel bad for the guy. The guy really was a a contributor to the world of music, moved us forward, did some amazing things, and whatever you think about the guy – it just sucks because you fall in love with how like awesome of a dude he is, and I wish him the best. So my douchebag of the week is Usher for crushing somebody's dreams, who is just out there hustling and making a difference.
0: Yeah, I didn't hear T-Pain sing for real until The mass Singer, and like I never would have guessed it was him uh, when they were when when he was performing, and then when he took off the thing and when he won, it was like holy crap that. He's good. The, the auto tune was just a, it was just a thing. Like it wasn't trying to, it wasn't trying to correct his shortcomings. It was just an effect. Google his. Uh,
1: it was an NPR performance. We did like an unplugged on NPR music, where they literally just sat there and put a musician in the NPR office and made them sing while like the people were working. Right, and like all of a sudden people were like, it was like 2014. People were like, and he sung like a bunch of his AutoTune songs without AutoTune, and people were like, holy crap, this guy's actually good. And it and it's funny. Like if you, like that. That's the thing you like about it is like he started out as a rapper from right. Tallahassee. And like, and it just goes into his whole story. So you, you fall in love with the guy. Like he's just—he seems like a really lovable guy. Um, his wife overcame a lot. She's biracial, and they talk a mm-hmm. little bit about how that this whole thing impacted her. Like it's just a really cool like story where you're just like, man, this guy's misunderstood. And this guy just took an opportunity that no one else took. And, uh, like, and, and it's also like the classic story of like, no one remembers the first person that does it, does it. They remember the most uh, memorable person who does it. So right. it's like, this guy does it. Everyone tells him it sucks. Kanye does it. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then he's more forgotten ever since. So it's just, it's uh, it's an interesting story. I keep telling you, watch this is pop. Cause it's amazing. And uh, episode two does not disappoint.
0: Yeah, it's definitely on my on my list of things to watch when, when time allows. So as for me, I got a request to talk about the whole Britney Spears uh, conservatorship. Uh, I want to save that for another day. I think there's a lot of a lot of discussion to be had around that. We want to give it the time it deserves uh, for this Lots week. To yeah, there's a lot to unpack. So for this week, I'm going to. Nominate Governor Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do this time? You may ask. Well, lots of things. But the thing that's that really just got under my skin this week was he signed legislation requiring state colleges and universities to annually survey their students, faculty, and staff about their beliefs to ensure viewpoint, diversity, and intellectual freedom. Uh, the legislation doesn't specify for what they're going to use the results uh, but DeSantis said that schools that are found to be quote indoctrinating students aren't worth tax dollars and are not something we're going to be supporting moving forward now i know he's he's beaten this drum that higher education is just a liberal conspiracy and indoctrination factory and i was thinking back about you know the the 15 years we've been in in higher ed to this point which kind of crazy to think about but i mean even going back to when we were students like i went to a campus that was the student population was fairly liberal and i know some of the instructors i had were liberal as well but i can honestly say that never came up in the classroom um, even even like the humanities and, the, and those sorts of classes where people often think that that comes up never happened. In fact, like as I started to uh, come into my own and realize where I uh, stood on a lot of uh, political and social issues, like I was probably over the top in how I spoke about certain things to the point where like some of the administrators I worked with on campus were like, oh, you got to dial that back. Like they weren't they weren't encouraging me to like be this liberal champion. It was like, you gotta you gotta take that in because we gotta be welcoming to all viewpoints. And I, I appreciated that. Uh but having worked at other campuses, I think there was I can think of several times where there was a pretty there's some pretty significant, uh obvious uh influence going on, but not the way you'd right. think. Like think of Clemson where you go down to the health center and you want to get condoms and they're in prescription bags around literature on abstinence. Uh, People were afraid to do the clothesline project because heaven forbid we talk about sexual assault or that sort of thing. Um, The vagina monologues. Oh my God. How could we ever talk about that? Um, You know, the, the first place I worked professionally after, after we graduated from there I got, I got yelled at because I had the audacity to tell two students that if they were going to spend the night together, they had to do it where that was allowed because I might have encouraged them to have sex. And heaven forbid if that happened. So, like, is there some pressure going on? Yeah, but certainly not in the way that people think. Um, I, the, most of the times where I've been pressured in some way... Uh, to think or uh believe a certain way it 's not to become more liberal, and you know i 'm I must have missed the memo the last fifteen years where i 'm supposed to be encouraging my students to be card carrying liberals because you know god forbid i 've been doing things like helping provide them housing and uh talking to them about what happens when they get caught with alcohol you know all those all those hot button issues that right. Uh, it just it just riles me up because it's another one of those like it's not a real thing. People are, he's doing it to get attention, to get right. political clout heading into 2022 and it's just every t- every time somebody pushes this narrative that higher education is a liberal indoctrination factory, it just makes us look worse and we're just trying to survive and, you know, do a job. So that's all.
1: It's it's ridiculous. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous, and it's all for him to get attention. Like everything that DeSantis does is is pretty much to get attention, and especially the Republican uh, attention, because he's definitely gearing up for what many will assume as some sort of a uh, possible race. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether it be one of the two candidates, like he's trying to set himself up pretty well, but. I mean, one of the things that's there, it's like, it's, you know, it's thought is, is thought. And I get people saying that that's diversity and what diversity is. But that's, that's not something should we should be like taking into consideration when it comes to like educating, like just, it should be people that are qualified. It's, it's all about that. Like, what are you going to do with that data, right? You collect all this data, you get everyone to identify that. And if is that going to affect how you're going to fund them depending upon what it is? Like that's even worse. So like there, it's a slippery slope. There's no win scenario right. on this. And it's just, again, all this is just to be, Hey, look at me. I'm DeSantis. Let's do this.
0: It's got such a punchable face. I rarely want to punch people in the face, but he would be one of them. It's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are at the end of our journey this week. Uh, thank you all for coming along for the ride yet again the voting is live now at veryboybandsummer.com so make sure to go vote at least once Uh, vote for multiple computers I don't you know it doesn't matter whatever whatever you got to do veryboybandsummer.com next week uh, we'll dive into the sweet 16 we'll have part one of our interview with Dave Holmes of MTV and we're going to have fun so with that thank you again He's Shane, and I'm Mike. Have a great night. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next week.
1: Sayonara.